Welcome to Modern Day Abigails, a women's outreach of Calvary Chapel Pearland. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So let's listen to God's Word, where everyday lives transform, and where we can become the women God created us to be. Let's see how he reacted. Yeah, but we'll also point out that Abigail was beautiful and David liked the girls. Okay, yes, there's that. <laughs> there's, okay, so, the Lord okay, knew what he was true. doing. He, he had this beautiful woman falling on her face, <laughs> bowing down to him. Okay, that's irrelevant. None of this is... No, it actually was. That showed respect. What she did was showed such deep respect for him to get his attention that, hey, look, yeah, I, that's come, true. I have no weapons. I come in peace. I have respect for you. Um, if you really want to take your wrath out on somebody, take it out on me. Yeah. She was willing to take the wrath. Completely vulnerable. Which is, which is a great on purpose. parallel because Jesus said the same thing. He went before the Father and bowed and said, let the let the wrath be on me so that yeah. I can protect my, the, those who gave their lives, who, who want me in their lives. Yeah. Like Anna said at the beginning, this whole story is a Jesus parallel. Yes. It's all through it. We, we, did, been, we didn't make this stuff up, no, ladies. It's in the Bible. We've been the foolish ones. In God's Absolutely. eyes. Absolutely. We and yet, I, I've certainly been and a Jesus went before the Father and bowed yeah. himself to him, saying, Look, take let the wrath be on me and, and so I can save these people who are willing to follow after me. We'll we'll do a gospel message later. Oh yeah. It's good stuff. Okay. Let's let's uh start with verse thirty two and let's see how David reacted. Okay. Then David said to Abigail, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel who sent you this day to meet me. Exclamation point. And blessed is your advice and blessed are you because you have kept me this day from coming to bloodshed and from avenging myself with my own hand. For indeed, as the Lord God of Israel lives, who has kept me back from hurting you, unless you have hurried and come to meet me, surely by morning light, no males would have been left to Nabal. So David received from her hand what she had brought to him and said to her, go up in peace to your house. See, I have heeded your voice and respected your person. Ladies, look at that. She completely diffused the horrible involuntary situation and saved her entire household. She pulls out every tool the Lord gave her. He gives us the same tools. We just need to learn how to use them. And, 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 you know, we all make mistakes. So let's not look at Abigail and say, oh, she's better than David now because look what she did. No, 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 no. We all make mistakes. Our husbands make mistakes. We sometimes have the right answer. Not always, but sometimes we do have the right answer. That does not make us better. That does not make us smarter. That doesn't mean that, hey, guess what? Because I was right in this situation, you no longer. It's just saying, hey, in that one moment, David had a, I don't know what you'd call it. Um, Episode, situation. Yeah, he had a bit of a meltdown and she helped diffuse the (laughs) situation and helped get him back on track. That did not make her better than David. She was there for such a time as this. So ladies, if you're married and you have a husband and he makes a mistake and you help, don't make him live that every day. Men and women are different. We handle things different. It's the same thing with you. If you make a mistake and he helps you, you don't want him holding it over you. And you're like, well, my my husband does. Okay, well, that doesn't mean you get to do it back. And that's what David said. You know, she was trying to say is don't repay. You know, David was mad because he he repaid evil with good. We never repay evil with good. 
So even if your husband makes a mistake, always stay on the side of grace, on the side of good. Because that's exactly what the Lord did for yes. you. And listen, yes. she didn't get these uh, fantastic life-saving tools overnight. No. We didn't get them overnight either. No. We had to learn. Yes. We had to go through some stuff. This girl went through some stuff. She was married to a crazy man, a crazy, ruthless man. The Lord showed her day after day how to deal with this, how to keep her peace, how to live in harmony, how to diffuse situations. They, yeah. She had to learn these things because of her experiences. That's us. We are in experiences, and the Lord is going to show us how to handle these experiences. Because right. he gave her a love for the people. When you have a love for your husband, a love for your children, the love of the people around you, you are willing to do the hard stuff because yeah. of your love. And, if, and we did do a podcast on love. So if, you, if you're if you like, well, I don't know how to love, go check it out. It mm-hmm. is a... Um, what love got to do with it or what is love? I can't remember. I think we it's did, what is love. What is it's, love? It's one of the first ones, yes. probably the third or fourth one. Yeah. So go ahead and check that out because her love for her family, even though he was an idiot and she even called it because I asked Ray one day about that. I'm like, well, that was disrespectful. He goes, no, no. Hey, truth is true. Yeah, that's what he said. Truth. Yeah, that's basically what he said. He goes, no, he was being that. So she was just saying what he was being. And he yeah. said that wasn't disrespectful. But um, so, you know, I guess what I'm saying is. You're going to have, she had a love for him anyway. Like I said, she could have just said, Hey, look, can you just get him and that's it? I mean, could we, can we, yeah, she he's had in his tank getting yeah. drunk, go get but him. She could have gone to Dave and said, Hey, forgive us. Hey, he's an idiot. I'll tell you exactly where he's at and you can go get him. Right. She didn't even do that. She rescued her husband too, yeah. even though he didn't really deserve it because we yeah. got rescued when yeah. we didn't deserve Preach it. Preach it, girl. Because he said, you know, um, that he, um, he, he saved us even when we were yet sinners. I didn't plan for that. So I don't have the exact scripture, but, Jesus saved us even while we were sinners. We weren't perfect when he saved us. He saved us because we were sinners. So, we're never perfect. No. So, so that's what I'm saying. If you think is, you are, she okay, rescued, we got other problems. Exactly. She rescued Nabal even though he didn't deserve it. Okay. Very good points. Love that. All right. So we see how Abigail reacted. We see how David reacted. Now let's see how Nabal the wise reacts. 36. You, you got to watch your sarcasm. We, might have, we <laughs> might have foreign people listening who doesn't understand our sarcasm. Oh, jeez. He was not wise. Okay. So 36. Now Abigail went to Nabal and there he was holding a feast in his house like the feast of a king. And Nabal's heart was merry within him and he was very drunk. Therefore, she told him nothing. Little or little or much until morning light. More good understanding right, right. there. Okay. Yeah, never, so what we see so far. Never fight a drunk. No, it's not worth it. And not only that, they're not going to remember and you're exactly. going to be ticked. Okay. So there he was. Uh, a little side note before we continue on with Nabal's reaction. He was clueless. He didn't spend one minute thinking about what he had just uh, said or did to David didn't give one care at all about the consequences or even if there would be any consequences um, from the most well-known warrior king who had lived at that time. He didn't care about anybody but himself. He literally threw a party. That's how puffed up he was. His reaction was short, sweet, and to the point and absolutely completely clueless. 
Okay. Can you imagine his drunkenness and him t- retelling the story about how he told David's men what they could go do and where they could go? Mm-hmm. Could you Gave imagine them a what for? Yeah. Can you? And I told David, and I bet you somehow I bet you it wound up he told David himself. I'm sure somehow oh, in that sure. drunkenness it, to his face. Yeah. yeah. That's how that that big fish story starts. Okay. So that was actually Nabal's reaction. He got drunk. He yeah. threw a party. Yeah. Whatever. Did not care. Nope. Now let's see that. Let's look at the Lord's reactions to Nabal's utter nonsense. Verse 37. So it was in the morning when the wine had gone from Nabal and his wife had told him these things that his heart died within him and he became like stone. Then it happened after about 10 days, the Lord struck Nabal and died. He gave Nabal a chance to repent. Yeah, I guess the Lord doesn't play around either. Uh, So No. No. There will come a day when the Lord says, Enough is enough of this foolishness. And today was that day for Nabal and for Abigail. So let's see what the future... um, What, are you going to say something? Yeah, I was going to say, that's that's God's grace, though. You know, because sometimes you're thinking, you're like, why did I have to go through this? Why couldn't he have changed him sooner? Or blah, blah, blah. Because God has grace. He gave, he actually gave Nabal 10 days to repent. He did. He gave him. You're like, well, if he was had a stroke or something, you probably wouldn't have heard it. Doesn't matter what we hear; it matters what he and God hears. Oh, the Lord can talk yeah. to somebody in a stroke exactly. or coma. Exactly. Nonverbal person. Absolutely. Uh, so we're just saying that that's God's grace. So if you're sitting there going, "Why?" Well, remember, God has grace on all of us, but at the same time, we don't know the day He's going to call us home. That's right. We don't know. We don't. Okay. So. um now, now that Nabal's gone, mm-hmm. let's see what the future the Lord had in store for our girl. Verse 39. So when David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Blessed be the Lord who has pleaded the cause of my reproach from the hand of Nabal and has kept his servant from evil. For the Lord has returned the wickedness of Nabal on his own head. And David sent and proposed to Abigail to take her as his wife. Verse 40, when the servants of David had come to Abigail at Carmel, they spoke to her saying, David sent us to you to ask you to become his wife. Then she arose, bowed her face to earth and said, here is your maidservant, a servant to wash the feet of the servants of the Lord. So Abigail rose in haste and rode on a donkey, attended by five of her maidens, and she followed the messenger of David, and she became his wife. So there you have it. The king proposed. She became his wife. Listen, y'all, the Lord is always working behind the scenes. He paves the way, and he restores things to us that were lost during this chaotic battle we call an abusive life. He restores the years the locusts have eaten. And that is in scripture. And she even gets, um, she gets a child. She didn't have a child before that we can tell. So she even gets a child out of all this, which is very important for the women back then. Yeah. So. Yeah, they do have a baby. Yeah. But that's, that's uh, further on in a different. I will say, I don't think you talked about that. No, we didn't. No, but we did want to let you know that, you know, where she was childless before. Now she has a child. And when Joanna tells you about what the Lord restores, you know, he just keeps blessing her. Yeah, he blessed her for all this. Yeah. And 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 the Lord has it in his word that he listen, things 
are stolen from us. And we're going yes. to talk about this. We're going to talk about we're no, not we gonna, do, Now, this is different from consequences. We still yeah. get consequences. For, I'll, I'll go through some of the consequences of my actions that are still with me today. And not because the Lord doesn't love me, but because I did sin and make a mistake. You know, I did sin and our sin has consequences. Absolutely. Sometimes it could be a lot worse consequences. So we have to remember that. They're like, you know, so if you're thinking, well, this is a consequence. Yeah, but it could have been a lot worse. Oh, could have been a lot worse. Okay. So let's look at where he, this is proof. Let's look at proof about where he, he restores things that are taken from us. And we're going to talk in in a little bit about what things can be taken from us. And we're going to relate it to our own mess. Okay. So Joel, the book of Joel, um, chapter two, verse 25 through 32. So I will, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts have eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust. My great army, which I sent among you, you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God, who has dealt wonderfully with you, and my people shall never be put to shame. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. Okay, so that this verse is actually about Israel, but we can, it also pertains to our own lives because the enemy, aka our abuser, he walks around trying to kill, steal, and destroy us, and sometimes they succeed. That doesn't have to be permanent, though. Mm-hmm. There is healing after this kind of trauma the lord can restore and replace and overwhelm us with blessings and replace things that were snatched from us things that we which is the some examples are life self-worth dignity happiness joy peace personal sentiment safety security there are so many things that have been taken from you that can fit into this sentence. Okay. And so what we wanted to do today was give you a little bit about our testimony so that you know where we were and where we are now. There is a way out. There is a way out. Life can, it can exist outside of this mess. If you are in the situation and you are married, you will have different tools than if you are dating or you or if you are already found a way out physically, but you are still trapped mentally and emotionally. There are tools for every stage of this mess. The Lord gave them to us and we just passed them on to you. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to do some testimonies here. Um because it's in scripture about our testimonies. He, um, actually, I was just finding a different scripture, but let me go to that one. I want to show it to y'all in Revelation. Um, What's the time, Anna? Oh, actually, we are doing really good. It's only just uh, one hour, six minutes. Okay, 1.06. I got to tell Ray where this, where this yeah. starts. Okay. Yeah, because we're doing really good on time, y'all. Yeah, We may not get five or six. We may not get before. <laughs> oh, That's okay. Oh, no. Um, we, we've got like 10 more pages. We don't know. No. Uh, Maybe not. No, we got seven. Okay. Woo-hoo. Hang on. Okay. So Revelation twelve eleven says, and they overcame him, meaning the enemy, by the blood of the lamb. That's Jesus. And by the word of their testimony, it's what the Lord calls the saints. Saints are not dead people. Saints are alive people. And that's the believers in Jesus. And they did not love their lives to the death. Again, Revelation twelve eleven. 
And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. So that's why if you're wondering, you're like, testimonies are important. One, they, they teach you a lot. And two, or they can. Two, that is how we defeat the enemy. And that's what we want to do. We're defeating the enemy today because we want you to have a very successful, either whether you are married, we want it to be successful. If you're not married, we want you to have a successful marriage. And then if you're like, I'm not married, not planning to get married, we want to give you tools to help others so that you can help burden others' burdens and help people get through their situation. The Lord doesn't give, allow us to go, let me back up. The Lord doesn't allow us to go through things and then teach us and grow us and heal us and save us to keep it a secret. Right. We're supposed to pass it on. Yes. To help others. That's that's one of the points of going through stuff. Yes. Another point is for us to grow and heal ourselves. Yeah. And we, we talk about that later. Yeah. When God says, I want to change you and make you a new creation, the testimony is what shows you God's change. The yeah. Bible changes you. And and because people ask, well, how do I know the Bible's real? Because it changed me. And my testimony will show you Absolutely. I am not the same person I used to be. Right. Okay. So two things, Anna. I've moved my mic so that I can see my, can you hear me good? Yeah. Okay. Now, what's the time again? Because I'm going to do it different time we've oh, been talking. Um, one minute. I mean, one hour, seven minutes. Okay. One hour, eight minutes. 1.08. Okay. Okay. So this is my testimony. It's a little bit, it was rough for me to write. It's very, if you're going through something like this, it's going to be rough for you to hear. Okay. Um, it is a, li- I gave a testimony last podcast and it was, um, in my notes, it was only about a little over a page. This one is almost three pages. So y'all bear with me. It's probably going to be its own. It's probably going to be its own podcast, but that's okay. So, um, and I, I'm, I'm very transparent here and I don't normally do this unless it's a one on one, but I, I'm very transparent here because there are women who are or were in this exact situation. And um, unless I've met with you one-on-one, you probably don't know the whole story. So uh, here we go. All right. So I came from a long line of self-inflicted. So I use this word voluntary and involuntary often throughout this entire, not just my testimony, but this entire podcast situation, because I want you to see how it interacts with each other. We start out voluntary in a mess often, but then we end up in an unforeseen involuntary mess with what seems like no way, no way out. And that was my story as well. Because you can choose your sin, but you cannot choose the consequence. Thank you. I love that mm-hmm. saying. Yeah. I love it. We use it often. Who created? I think Ray said that. Yeah, Ray said it first. And so we use it all the time. Okay, so I'm going to start over. So I come from a, a long line of self-inflicted and voluntary abuse. Um, this then turned into involuntary abuse. The abuse in my life comes in many forms, and I have had them all. It started when I was nine years old. I was sexually abused by my best friend's father. And because of the way I thought my parents handled it, which was not at all, um, I thought they swept it under the rug and they told me it was a family matter, um, which was often what people use. This is a family matter. It stays in family. Don't be talking outside family. Okay. So they did this and this left me empty, unprotected abandoned and unloved. And that is how I spent the rest of my life up until the age of 40. And I spent it looking to fill this devastating hole that was left in me. What I found out later and way too late 
was that they sent him to prison. I had no idea. They handled it wrong with me, but it was also the best way they knew how. This was the late 70s, so things like this just, they didn't exist. Nobody, this was unheard of. And so they didn't know how to handle it. And they thought that they were sheltering me and protecting me from what they were doing behind the scenes. So imagine my surprise when he got out of prison and came after me four years later. And he let me know that he would soon be killing me for what I did to him. Naturally, I had no idea what he meant. So it took my parents another eight years to tell me what they did to him. So many bad decisions concerning me. So many issues piling on me. So fast forward to high school. Do you want to mention, um, just if anybody's wondering, um, they did finally get rid of the abuser. And, you know, he, he went. I didn't tell people. Yeah, I'm just saying that they did. If you're wondering, um, he stopped threatening her because they were able to go back and, and take care of that. And, you know. Yeah, he didn't kill me. I'm yeah, here. Obviously. So anyway, they did. They, her parents went back and were able to take care of that, too. Um, yeah. I, I might talk about that. I'm not sure. We'll have to see. Okay. I can't remember. I, I wrote this t- two or three yeah. weeks ago. I, I can't think, remember I what's wanted, in here. I'm the type of person that would be like, so what happened? Okay. So, so, I just so what happened sure. is he's no longer around and dad took care of the situation. Yeah. Don't know exactly how dad took care of the situation, but the man disappeared. That's all I know. And my parents refused to tell me anything different. Is that what you were talking about? Yeah. I was trying to be okay. a little bit. <laughs> That's the truth. Yeah, I, I don't say, know what we happened. We don't know what happened, but he did leave her alone. He did. Oh, yeah. He was gone. He was gone. Hmm. Sorry, I had to take a drink. Okay. So fast forward to high school. Um, I became very promiscuous. I was trying to find someone to love me and to fill my void. I never did. Instead, I became the loneliest social butterfly that ever lived. I was so mentally and emotionally damaged by this point. This type of person, the type of person that I was, attracts another type of person, a predator. There are people who search for someone like me to control and rule over. All, and I do mean all, of my men were the exact same, except for one, except for one. Their names were just different. Same man, different name. There is one man that was the exception. He was not the man I married. He is not included in this testimony that I'm about to tell you. I just wanted to throw that in. I don't mention him after that. Um, So I went through guy after guy, abusive situation after abusive situation. My abuse ranged from date rape to physical fights, also included life-threatening situation where I was shocked and still shocked to this day that I walked away alive. In the middle of all of this, I had a son. I drug him right along with me. I messed him up real good mentally. If y'all heard my testimony on the last podcast topic, you have an idea of what I mean. So let's fast forward to the man that I married. My son was about four when we started dating. That whole story with him that I'm about to share was an absolute chaotic mess. But I didn't know that because chaos was all that I had known since age nine. I didn't know what normal looked like. My parents weren't normal. They were former hippies. There's a lot that goes on with that lifestyle. 
So by the time I started dating John, my soon-to-be husband, my mom had died of cancer years earlier, and my dad, a few years into my abusive marriage, was well on his way to voluntarily drinking himself to death to numb um, the pain of living without my mom. He succeeded a few years later. This left me alone and nowhere to turn and zero help from any of my family. Why, you ask? Because my family was a mess. All of us. I was also too ashamed to ask for help. And so the saga continued. Now, I skip around a lot because I'm only giving you details that pertain to the tools that we're going to pass on. I'm only giving you about an eighth of what actually happened, um, and I'm not going into great detail into abuse and stuff like that. I'm only giving the highlights, just enough for y'all to realize, those of you who are in the same exact situation, that um, there is someone else that did go through it. There is someone else who did live through it. There is someone else who did flourish after it. In fact, there's two people in this room. So um, I do skip around a lot. So some of this seems splotchy and I apologize for that. But um, okay, so let's continue with the saga. So John turned out, the man that I married, to be the worst abuser of all. This really messed with my head because I thought that I was finally marrying someone to love me. He was handsome and charming and had a great job. He came from a Christian background which I didn't. He already had kids, which I loved. He was the full package, the real deal. It was very earth shattering when I found out the truth. Instead, he lived a double life. He was a habitual cheater, which included most of my friends, strippers, strangers, and possibly even a cousin. Strangers as in AKA prostitutes? Sure. Okay. Uh, just people met in bar, people. Oh, okay. People he met in bars and stuff like that are okay. uh, pro- probably prostitutes. I mean, we're, they're, not, a, they're not off limits. Okay. I mean, he slept with strippers in the back of the club. So oh. no def- no doubt he probably had slept okay. with prostitutes as well. Um, he didn't have a, a limit on who was included oh, in okay. this. okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So again, no one was off. Sorry, I'm not like familiar with some of that stuff. So when I hear stranger, I'm like, what do we mean by stranger? That just doesn't cross my mind. Thank you for letting us share our tools to become the women God created us to be. If we encourage you today, visit us at moderndayabigails.com. Remember, you are loved, cherished, and prayed over. (laughs) 